I hate this. <laughs> no, I do, I do. I do love it. I love it because I love God. All right, so, uh, you know, before I share my story, I'm gonna g- uh, I read the Bible every, every morning, and I read devotionals every morning. So um, this came up today. It says, give your life for something. You're going to give your life for something. What would it be? A career, a sport, a hobby, fame, wealth. None of these will have lasting significance. Service is that is a pathway to real significance. So, um, oh, and it says, as we serve together in God's family, our lives take eternal importance. Paul said, I want, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less because of what you are a part of. God wants to use you to make a difference in this world. He wants to work through you. What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of it. And so, um, you know, before I started doing the uh, the ambassador program, I was actually, my career was like, pretty much number one, you know, because I always wanted to provide for my family, and so I was just working too much overtime. Um, every time a boss would, like, tell me, hey, you want to work? I would say, yeah, 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 you know, because I was afraid that I was going to run out of money. And so I wasn't, I wasn't close to, like, my good friends. Um, I wasn't close to my family. Um, I was always broke, you know, and uh, we were barely paying our bills and stuff. And I was like, man, wh- where's this, all this money going? You know, I'm working so much and stuff, and you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't really happy. So I said, you know what? I'm just gonna g- donate my life to God, you know, for a year and see how it goes. And I did the ambassador program with Adam. It's been awesome. It's, I mean, seriously, he put a good team together, you know, because we're out there, you know, when he's feeling down, I'm like just looking at him and just like, all right, I gotta speak up now. And then when I'm like running out of words he's there and he's just like speaking you know so we got each other's back you know i thank god for that every day you know he's my brother you know every time that you know we we went through a lot for the last a month and a half (coughs) excuse me um we pretty much got my family and myself got kicked out from our place that we were renting for two two years and um and man it, it was they took us, they gave us 60 days to pretty much find a place, and we couldn't find a place close to where, you know, to where our alley school's at. And so it came to, like, the end, like, where I was just praying to God every night, every night, and I was just like, man, you know, when are we going to find that spot? You know, when are we going to find that place? And, you know, I give this to you, God, because I can't do it on my own. You know, like, three years ago when I went through this, I was actually drinking a lot and smoking a lot, and I wasn't talking to nobody, you know, I didn't have no one to talk to, but just to, like, just drink and just smoke and, you know, pretty much just not share about what I, what I was going through. And, um, you know, this year, you know, I had Adam, you know, I was meeting with Adam every day, and uh, I was just telling him what, was, what I was going through, you know. I'm like, damn, you know, like, God's not showing up for me and my family, you know. Is he going to leave us, like, homeless pretty much and stuff? And, uh Man, we had to move out Friday, and that Thursday, yeah, the day before, 
we found a spot that pretty much we always wanted. Like, we saw this like two like right when we got the notice, we saw the spot, and it was a three bedroom. I'm like, we don't even need a three bedroom. You know, we only have two kids, and you know, it's just me and my wife. And um, and so uh, I was just Lachey and myself and the kids were praying for that spot. You know, because it was just perfect. Same in the same um, area that we, the same like condos and stuff. Uh, same spot, and it was just walking distance. The moving was walking distance, and uh, we just kept on praying and praying about it. And then uh, it was just too much for for us to pay. It was like twenty two hundred dollars. I'm like, no way, you know, I could buy myself a house with you know with that rent. But uh, anyways, so we pray about it. We pray for for uh, for the land, the owner to lower the price, and they actually lowered the price to like three hundred dollars less, and that Thursday, that Friday, I'm like, we don't even have a place to, to live tomorrow. We have to be out of here by tomorrow. Well, that Thursday, we find out that we got, the, you know, that place that we always wanted, you know. And that was through, like, I was like, man, God's probably just testing me, you know, like, you know, to for me to just give up on him and, like, I forget you, you know. You're not pretty much helping me out. But it came to the end to where, like, you know, it was, I, I was, like, I was shocked. You know, he, you know, it is true that when you put him first, man, you know, the prayer might not answer at that day that we always wanted like that, you know, like fast. But, you know, just have patience and, and seriously, he will come come through. So, um, and I don't even know how, I mean, it's $300 more than what we're paying right now. And uh, then we were, that we, you know, that we were paying before. It was, it's, this is, this place is $300 more. And I'm working like less hours. I'm just working 80 hours a week. I'm not working as much. Lachey's not working. Um, it's just it's crazy when you put God first. You know, he he he. It doesn't matter. You know, he pays your bills. You know, we we're still pretty much giving our 10 percent. You know, and I don't know. It's just I really wanted to do this because I'm like you know I used to hear stories about yeah you know if you give your 10 percent and blah, 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 like, you know, you put him first, he, he's going to come through, and, like, I didn't believe it, you know, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot, so, you know, it's it's been going pretty good, it has, um, um, it feels good just being there for people, you know, um, you know, last week, what's, what was her name, the lady that came last week, Angela, yeah, you know, we met her at a dog park, and, you know, um, it just feels good knowing that you're out there talking to someone and, you know, and they come to church and they get something out of it. You know I mean? You know, uh, it makes me feel good. Um, it makes Adam feel good and stuff. And, um, um, another story I was going to share was, um, this was two weeks ago. Um, I got called in to go to work for a different department and, uh, early in the morning I was like praying cause that's what I do. I've been doing, I've been praying early in the morning before, you know, I go to work or before I start my day. And I, I've been putting devotionals on Facebook. Before, I used to be all scared. I'm like, damn, what, people are going to think I'm a weirdo or something, you know? So I've been putting these d- devotionals on Facebook. And uh, these guys from work, I get there early in the morning. And that's what I do in the, f- in the morning. I put a, a devotional. And then I walk in. And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? He's like, dude, 
I'm going to have to cancel you from Facebook. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, why? He said, are you getting all, the, all, re- like, all spiritual stuff, you know, putting stuff on Facebook? I'm like, what's wrong with that? You know, it's, it's good stuff. I'm like, people put all kinds of negative things on Facebook, but I'm, I'm putting good stuff, you know? <laughs> He's all whatever, like, you know, and, um, um, oh, and then they started talking about the shooting and stuff and, and like, why, how, you know, what's wrong with this kid? You know, he's crazy and this and that. And then, uh, oh, the guy that told me he's gonna, he's gonna cancel me on Facebook, he's like, hey, what's what's wrong with you? You know, are you okay? Like, you know, are you going through issues with your wife? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, no, I'm like, the reason why I do this is because I love God. You know what I mean? See, before I wouldn't say this, before I would just shut down and not say nothing, you know? And I was, I was a preacher that morning. I was like, you know why I do this? Because I love God, all right? He's done so much for me, and I'm going to love him, and I'm going to put face, I'm going to put all these devotionals every day. If you don't like them, you, you want to be my friend, that's up to you, you know? <laughs> and then some other guy was, because he, he put me on the spot in front of everybody, and then some other guys thought, Jimmy, Mike's right, man. You know, like, that's the reason why that guy, you know, shot the kids, because, you know, he wasn't close to God and this and that. Yeah. And then I'm like, these guys are city workers talking, you know, it's like being in prison, you know, <laughs> it is. And I was like, God, I was just like, oh, God, this, this is you, man, you're helping me out right now, because, you know, and then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, Mike, so how do you get those devotionals? I'm like, I got I got I got I got the Bible on my phone. He's like, how do you do that? How, is it free? I'm like, yeah, I'll show you guys. And I showed every single one how to get the Bible on the phone. So, you know what I mean? That, that felt pretty good, you know. You know, those are the little things where, like, you know, God uses, you know, he uses me, uses, you know, Adam um, to do this, you know, to, um, I don't know, to just be there for others, you know, that are pretty much lost and they don't know how to, um, you know, get close to God and stuff. But it's been awesome, you know. It's It's been a journey. You know, it, it does get, it gets tough, you know. Our schedule gets pretty tough. But you know what? what the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, I'm doing this for God, you know. So, um I, I love doing it, and uh, I'd rather do this and work, tw- you know, 80-plus hours a week and stuff like that. You know, I was get- just getting burned out. You know, it wasn't getting me anywhere, and what I'm doing right now, you know, I could do it again. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. That was awesome, Mike. Uh, it's been really a joy and an inspiration to um, to get to work with uh, Mike and Adam, and uh, <laughs> uh, just to have two phenomenal men that are walking with God and and really taking a stand to serve Him. Uh, it's been exciting. So we'll be hearing more and more from them as the year goes on. You'll have to. Let me know when we're ready. Okay. So welcome to our New Year's service, and I'm excited that you're here because it's the day after Christmas, so um, this whole place is closed down because I don't think people want to do a whole heck of a lot of anything today. So the fact that you guys wanted to be here to to make, to to add some spiritual and some God and some Jesus to your new year, that that mattered enough to you, and that's significant. I want you to think right now, 
what would you like to see in 2013? Actually, you know what? I want to do a little meditation. If everybody closes, close your eyes for a little bit. And why don't you just sort of take some time right now and think about what is it that you would like to see come to pass this year? What would you like to make different? What would you like to make better? What would be your hopes and dreams for 2013? Are there things you'd like to get rid of? Are there things you'd like to change? Just have a picture right now of if you could just make it whatever you'd like it to be, what would it look like for this 2013 in different areas of your life? You know, think about, you know, what would you like it to look like in terms of your career? What would you like to have it look like in relationships and family? In who you'd like to be? What you'd like to accomplish? Okay. Now, open your eyes. Now, no matter what it is that anybody here thought of, because I'm sure that we have quite a variety of what you guys thought of for what you'd like for 2013, I have the number one way to make that come to pass or to get closer to it. You want to guess what that is? Prayer. <laughs> so the series that we're going to do for the New Year's starting today is New Year's Prayer Revolution. And you think of many terms of what it means to have a revolution. I mean, one of the things that the word revolution means is extreme change. To see phenomenal, massive change for 2013, prayer, there's nothing that can compare to prayer. There's not one thing that you can do this year to make as radical of a difference in your life than prayer. And so that's why I feel like it's really important that we're going to spend some time in this series because could any of you see some room for growth in your prayer life right now? Now, and we're going to be talking about how to grow your prayer life because throughout this series about why it's important. We're also going to be talking about, next week actually, we're going to be talking about all the different words for prayer. Do you know that there's a whole bunch of different kinds of prayer in the Bible? There are. There's actually a whole bunch of different words for prayer, Greek words for prayer, and there's a purpose for each one in having our prayer life be rich and meaningful. We're also going to talk about how to get answers to, to your prayers. Have you ever wondered why you don't get answers sometimes? We're going to talk about it to take the mystery out. So that when you like to ha pray where it's not so mysterious as to why things happen and why they don't, where you can have confidence in what you're praying for, we're going to talk about what's available to pray from God. There are things that you can pray for from God that you can absolutely know that he is willing to do. That'd be nice to know, right? And we're also going to talk about how to receive things from God. So prayer is really significant. I also want to help have you think, and we're going to be talking about this more too, that prayer is more than just making requests from God, but it's also a relationship. And so to be thinking of prayer in terms of how you can grow it to having a deeper, closer, more meaningful relationship with God. Would anybody like that for this year? Yeah, amen. So those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about. And in the new series that we're going to be doing, um... In the fellowships in January, starting January 5th, 
we're starting a series called Faith on Fire. And in that, one of the things that, that causes our faith to be on fire is prayer. It's one of the five things that they did throughout the book of Acts that fed and fueled their having enormous faith. So in this series, we're going to be taking a look at a whole lot of those things. Let's turn to James, where we're going to open. And just so you know, in terms of the things, you, you remember what they did in the book of Acts, how they saw miracles and signs and wonders in the book of Acts uh, when they first got born again. It was, it was much more common to see miracles. Anybody would like to see more miracles in your life? Yeah. Me too. Uh, Well, prayer was one of the things they did. If you want to write this down, we're not going to go there. But one of the five things that they did to build faith, it's in Acts 2.42 is the verse. And it's prayer, fellowship, uh, reading God's word, giving, and sharing faith are the five things. And so prayer is is the one that we're going to be focusing on. And let's go to James 5.13. And this is kind of a cool section of prayer. It says in verse 13, is any one of you in trouble? What's the answer? He should pray. If you're in trouble, it's a good time to pray, isn't it, when you're in trouble? And then it says, is anyone happy? Guess what you should do? (laughs) Let him sing song. Pray. Pray again. (laughs) You think, not just in trouble. We always think of that, right? When you're in trouble, pray. But when you're happy, let him sing songs of praise, another kind of prayer. Is any one of you sick? What should you do? Pray. He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so in that instance, it's kind of cool because it talks about if you should ask. There's a, there's a powerful element to prayer in, in having others pray with you and in joining together in prayer as well. That's an element of prayer. And then it says, uh, to, to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. So it's kind of funny because it reminds me, did you guys ever see um, my big fat Greek wedding? You know how they used Windex for everything? <laughs> you know, you got a pimple, Windex. So you need this done, Windex. You know, he put, they put Windex on everything, right? That was the big joke. Whatever you needed, Windex was the answer. Well, the Bible says that prayer is like the Windex is for the Greeks. So <laughs> whatever it is, you're sick, pray. You're happy, pray. You, you know, whatever, whatever your need is, that's, that's the, it's the cure-all for everything is prayer. There's no time that prayer won't fix things. That's why I thought, you know, it's kind of, it, it's, it's crazy how simple it is. I know that there's other elements. When we talked about your dreams coming true for 2013, I know that prayer is not the only answer, but I'm telling you it's the most significant one. It will do the most, for the, for the, for especially considering the amount of time and the power that comes for very little investment of time uh, and effort, I should say. And then it says in verse 15, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Again, whatever it is that you need. Because when you pray, you're inviting the power of God into your life. You're not doing it alone. You're not relying on your strength, but you are inviting the power of the creator of all of life into whatever it is that you've got in front of you. Whether it's a goal, whether it's a problem, whether 
it's a desire, whatever it is, that, you're in, that you are no longer limited by your power or your limitations, but by the power of God. It says in verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And the word, it's... Um, let me see what I've got there. Oh, yeah, let's keep reading, actually. And that says in verse 17, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. That's what prayer did. It's kind of funny. You ever think of Elijah, Elijah as being just like you and me? The Bible says so. The Bible says there was nothing unique, and Elijah was born just like you and me. There was no special gifts or anything, but he made a choice to go to God in prayer. That was the difference that he did the miracles that he did. It talks about the power of prayer. By prayer, he made it stop raining for three and a half years. That's a pretty effective prayer. Wouldn't you say that's powerful and effective? It says in verse 18, again he prayed, and guess what happened? The heavens gave rain and the earth produced crops. That's how powerful prayer is. How would you like to have prayer work like that in your life? You know, it's available for every single person here. There's not one person that's less special than Elijah. It's the same God because it wasn't in the power of Elijah. Guess who it was in is in the power of God. And prayer was the answer. Let's keep, um, I want to actually look at uh, Luke 5. Because one of the things we think about uh, in Luke 5 and verse 15, you know, one of the major attributes of Jesus Christ is he prayed. Do you know how many verses there are that talk about how Jesus prayed? And not just in a, well, I'm demonstrating for you so you can all watch me how I do it. It's not that. Jesus not only didn't pray just to give you sort of an example, it talks about Jesus praying often and for long periods of a time. You ever feel like you're too busy to pray? You've got too much to do, too, you know, too many responsibilities? I say, work less, pray more. You know, Jesus did it. You couldn't get busier than Jesus Christ. You could not get more responsibilities and accomplishing more than Jesus Christ. Who else are we talking about to, to, in the volume of population in the world today? There is no human being spoken about as much as Jesus Christ. And he, you know, and he lived 2,000 years ago. You know, and that was for a reason. And yet, it's constant in the, in the word of God that you see him praying. Look at Luke 5 in verse 15. I know for me, you know, I, I, I want to be reminded of this because I often will look at the things that I have to do and think, I have too much to do to afford time to pray. Has that ever gotten in your way? 
tasks or other things that you thought mattered more or just were so urgent or what have you. <clears throat> but I am I have never ever had it happen once that the time that I took out for pray ha prayer had me accomplish less. I have seen over and over again that the time and the investment of time with God and seeking God out, I get so much more done than when I just say, oh gosh, I can't do that right now. I can't afford that time. So I love the, I want to look at the example of Jesus in Luke 5, 15. Uh, oops. In verse 15 it said, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. How did he get do all those healings? You know, the other thing, too, is this is how he didn't burn out. You don't read about Jesus getting burnt out. You don't read about him going, ah, I can't take this anymore. People are wanting things all the time. He was in a situation where people were coming after him over and over and over again with their needs. And he was able to be there and be present and be energized for it. But over and over, you see, it says constantly, the verses is that he grows up a great while before day. He woke up before the sun came up to make sure that he had time alone with God. He prayed often, and when he did, it wasn't five minutes throwing up in the air on his way someplace because he couldn't take time to pray. You know. <clears throat> um, it says he often withdrew. And then it says, actually, let's look at, uh, just move over in 612. Here's another one. They're all over the place, but it says, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent what? The night praying to God. Can you imagine what that would be like to spend all night long in prayer to God? There's an old hymn that says, how long has it been, you know, since you talk with the Lord? And then it says, how long has it been since you stayed on your knees all night? You know, it's just, it's an, it's an old school hymn, but it's just sort of the idea. Gee, if Jesus Christ needed to pray all night, and he's Jesus, do you think we need it? For, you know what I mean? Like, if he needed prayer to God to get what he had. Now, mind you, he had a lot more to do than you and me. But also, he's the only begotten son of God. He didn't have, you know, he, he wasn't born with a sin nature. You know, he had some advantages in that way. But he needed God and spending time in prayer enough to stay up all night praying. <clears throat> you think about what that even accomplishes in terms of, just the time spent. You know, if you have bigger needs in your life, guess what needs to go up? Prayer. If there are bigger things that you need right now, if there are things you want to accomplish or problems in your life, prayer's the thing to dial up. Let's go to, um, there's also a few uh, scriptures I want to talk about. First Thessalonians 5. Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. It's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. All over the Bible, too, it talks about praying. The, the, it, it, it talks about praying continually. Or, or we're going to look at some other ones that say devote yourselves to prayer. This one in, 
in First uh, Thessalonians five, in verse seventeen, is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Pray continually. <laughs> if you want to memorize something, uh, verse of scripture, there's one for the week. You're if, if you're doing the Bible memorization, <laughs> pray continually. So you get and what that word is it's it's incessantly. So this is kind of a it's a word that talks about just it should be a part all the time. There's different times and needs where sometimes we need time like Jesus where we need quality time alone with God to build the relationship, you know, where you need time to spend with God. You know, to get close and to develop develop your relationship. And sometimes it's also just great to bring prayer into everything. There's really nothing. Like I pray when I'm talking to people about how can I be there. Even when I'm teaching acting, I'll pray, God, how can I help people? How can I help these people that I'm serving right now? God, how can I be there for this person? How can I serve? How can I make a difference? God, give me wisdom. What, you know, like just to get in the habit of what we're doing. How many times do you, you know, do you exhaust yourself worrying about a problem? You ever done that? You sit there and you're like, your brain like going, like little circle, you know, like, like same thoughts over and over and over again, trying to solve it, trying to solve it. You ever driven yourself crazy like that? Try, you know, think about when you see yourself doing that, it's self-reliance to think, wait a minute, guess what? God actually has the answer. Whatever it is that's going on for you, God actually knows what to do about it. You can't figure it out, God can. It's possible to take everything to God in prayer. There is nothing too small or too big that God can't be there for us in and doesn't want to be there for us in. To be seeking God out in every part of our lives, to be making that a habit and a lifestyle. Now, in order to make it a lifestyle, one of the things is setting aside time, and that's a discipline. You ever heard the thing about the rocks and the sand in, in life? There's, there's a thing in, in, in like, if you, took a if you take a jar and you fill it with rocks and then you pour the sand in, that's how you can get the most in a jar. If you empty the jar out with the same amount of rocks and the same amount of sand, and you'd pour the sand in first, the small little things, you, you would not be able to get the rocks in the jar. And our lives work that way, th the same way. Oftentimes, our lives are, are taken up by the sand, by the things that are really meaningless, the things that are inconsequential, that don't really make any difference in our lives, that just consume our time and our life without even realizing it, and we don't have time to put the rocks in. For me, and I believe it's biblical, like there's no, no bigger rock to put in your jar than prayer. It really is like the big thing to make time for. But you have to make time. If you wait for leftover time, you will not have time for prayer in your life. It needs to be something that you carve out and you figure out because, and the devil doesn't want you to do it. So whatever it is, I, you know, it's a spiritual battle. Have you ever tried to pray? And Satan will have a million reasons why you can't, you know? It's something that if we want to do it, you got to put the time aside. We're also going to be talking in terms of meditation and that prayer, prayer as a two-way street where prayer should be where you're also hearing from God in the prayer and you can grow into that. 
where you can become aware and practice the presence of God, be aware of his presence, and let him speak to you. But it takes time. In order to get to that place that really you can have quality prayer life, you've got to set aside time. And at the beginning, your mind will just wander all over the place, and that's a part of it. But you just start with blocking that time out. I'm telling you, a half hour a day will do phenomenal miracles in your life. And how much is a half hour a day? You know, like, what would that really cost to spend that time with God, you know? It will do amazing, amazing things. It's, um, pray continually. Let's go to um, Colossians 4.2. There's a whole bunch of these that talk about, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I just want to read one. Actually, to you, which we don't really have time to go to, but it says in Acts 1, 14, it says, they all joined together, this is another thing, in prayer, along with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And that, this word devote, that all joined together, um, it, it actually has the word to be devoted to, which means to be devoted, to be sten- steadfastly attentive, to continue in, all the time, to per- persevere and not faint. Um, and it says, in King James, it reads a little bit better. It says that they had like passion and that they prayed together continually. The like passion is the word homothumadon, which is like they were on fire together. Like spiritually, they were together and had passion for, for Jesus Christ together. And they prayed as together. There's a lot of power in praying together. And they were devoted to it. Let's go to the same word in Colossians uh, 4 and verse 2. Philippians, Colossians, just back a little bit here. A few pages. Colossians 4 in verse 2 it says, Devote, and that's the same word that we just talked about, steadfastly attentive, continuing all the time, persevering and not faint. That's the same word. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That we want to be in this place that we really, that we grow in being devoted to prayer. It's a discipline. If you wait till you feel like it, it's not going to happen either. You can't wait, you know, if you wait to get in the mood for prayer, you just are never going to pray. If you spend the time to pray, you will grow in your passion. You will grow in your faith. You will grow in, in your awareness of God's presence in your life. You will grow in hearing his voice. But it's about putting the rock in and making the time to make that significant in your life, to bring things to the Lord. As we're going to move along, we're going to be talking about how to make it quality time too. You know, because the the whole series is about how to grow this in a way that your prayer life can be red hot. How would you like to pray where you know God is present with you, where you're hearing his voice, where you have faith that he will answer your prayers? That's possible. That you're not sitting there fearfully praying, wondering, is he going to let me down? But that you can go with confidence to God, knowing he will be there for you and not have fear about that. It is possible to grow your prayer life this way. We're going to be talking about how to make that more and more quality. If you want to revolutionize your 2013, make a prayer resolution. (laughs) Resolve. You want to make a, a resolution for 2013, I suggest 
making prayer a priority because it'll revolutionize everything else in your life. There is no part of your life that won't be impacted, that won't be fruitful. The, think about every part that you thought about at the beginning of what I shared, what that would look like if God was in it and behind you in that. What would it look like if you had faith in those areas and were really inviting God in? Could you see how that could change your life this year? Could you see how that could make a difference? I'm telling you, God wants to be there for you. God wants, not one person here is any different than Elijah because the God Almighty that's, that you we're praying to is the same God. The power wasn't in Elijah, it's in God. The power can be for each person here to see the presence of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am grateful that you desire to have a relationship with us. I don't, I, I don't understand that. I really don't in many ways. But I'm thankful that there's no place in our lives that we have to be alone at all. <sighs> that we can feel your presence and that we desire that. Even the people who are here today on December 26th, when everybody's kind of, you know, hibernating after Christmas. But it's, it's exciting that, that people want to grow in their relationships with you, that they want you, we want you in our lives more. We don't want to leave you out. We want this year to be a year that you are present in our lives, that we include you in all that we do, that we don't try and do things on our, on our own. It's foolish. But God, that you can be in every part of the things that we do in every part of our lives that we can, that we can invite you in and prayer is the way to do that. That we can grow our relationship and not just look at it as like check off the box, some boring thing that we write the ticket and say our prayers like some duty, but that we have a red hot prayer life where we know that we know that we know that we belong to you and that you are in our lives. God, and that you can be present with us. So I pray for everyone here and for this time ahead in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.